Coming up on today's Tomahawk Show, we've got multiple guests as Chargers, Melvin Ingram, and the Ravens' Eric Weddle join us to talk everything under the sun. And then we talk about the biggest storylines in Week 11. We talk about Sean Payton breaking a fire alarm, Le'Veon Bell, and how I think it was so stupid that he's going to sit out the entire season, and much, much more, all coming up on the Tomahawk Show. Fans, take it away. I am calling to leave a voicemail um, because uh, at one point, I don't know if Joe Thomas remembers this or not, but his maintenance assistants at the Imago Bay Village beat him in ping pong, thumped him pretty bad. So if he ever wants a rematch, he will gladly take him on in a rematch of ping pong. Thank you. Joe, I was at your last game against the Titans. I love your podcast, Go Brown. Joe, Hawk. Donnie from Brockton. Hey, so Hawk, you were saying that you do some modeling or something like that? I I don't know, man. I I think Joe should be the model. Like, have you seen him? He's like he's like wicked ripped or whatever. But Joe, you should you should move out to LA, man, and do some modeling. Move in with Hawk. Love the show. Welcome to the Tomahawk Show, presented by Uninterrupted. Listen, make sure you are interacting with us on social media at tomahawk show on instagram and twitter use the hashtag tomahawk we just heard some of the fan voicemails which i'm sure the ones directed at me are are being right around the corner there's there's so many that nat is still sifting through which ones to actually play but what are you guys' thoughts on on the voicemail so far what I always love is like the fans that uh, see you out, you know, I'm a hawk. You're a guy, you're all, a man about the town. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this happens to you all the time where a fan will come up to you and be like, Hey, you probably don't remember me, but <laughs> I was friends with your brother's cousin and we played in a pickup basketball game when you were 14. Uh, don't you remember me? What's my name? And you're like, uh, well, I don't want to be a jerk, but you just put me on the spot. I'm sorry, I don't remember what your name was, buddy. Um, so you're better than me. I just lie. What do you What do you say? You're, see, I'm, I'm like, more yeah, of an honest guy than you, man. How man. are you? It's been so long, and I was just waiting to see you again. And I'm so happy that you are here talking about that time so long ago <laughs> that I obviously remember so good. Give me a hug. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm just I'm very interactive, clearly. So why didn't you uh, pretend that one time that guy had his daughter and he, they tried to get your autograph and you were a big jerk to him at the mall? <laughs> why didn't you Why didn't you give them an autograph and a hug like that? Or are know. you a different person on the Tomahawk show? I'm just saying. I, I, if, if 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 people run up to either one of us, I would definitely be the more personable one. People should know that it's time for us to stop protecting you. And your social, I have social anxiety. I really do. Like, I don't like to talk to people I don't know, but I'm really good at acting about it. Like, and I just think it's cool that people know who I am sometimes. So where you're a superstar and you're like, man, if I stopped at every turn for people that know who I am, I wouldn't be able to do anything in my life. I don't have that many people. So when people stop for me, we're doing photo shoots. I'm, uh, I'm doing a personalized video to their grandmother. They're like, come to the birthday party of my nephew. I'm like, cool. I show up at the birthday party. Just like really weird stuff because I'm just happy that people give a damn to know who I am. I'm not sure if I should be concerned at all, but I'm starting to get a little bit of a, a weird feeling about Donnie from Brockton. He, he's making me a little bit uncomfortable because I believe he is following me right now. I'm not sure if I need to get a bodyguard. We're going to, we got to, speaking of uncomfortable, but I don't know how that correlates. Yeah, really good. Good, good transition. But we've seen NFD. 
this weekend. We ran into NFD. NFD, he told us he was on a mission to find himself. And in doing that, he found Duke Johnson, which was a benefit to the Cleveland Browns organization. But <laughs> NFD was there. Um, we ran into him. He's in good spirits. He's actually just went off again. He said he's on his way to Columbia on a private flight to take care of some last minute business um, for some for the guy who was holding him ransom. So I don't know what that entails. We'll figure that out. But NFD is safe, sound, and he will be returning soon to give us a live update from his own voice. And that's exciting. I'm, I'm pretty excited. But hey, we got an enormous show. Like the popularity of the Tomahawk podcast, just when you think we can't become any more popular or global, this past week, going to the Brown Stadium, being dog pound captains, leading that team to victory. Wow. Now we've got people that are calling our hotline, not just regular people, like humongous celebrities in the L.A. entertainment world all mm. over the NFL that are calling. They're begging to be on the show. And we got a few people today. We got more people next week. The guest list is becoming unmanageable. Thank God we've got yeah. 10 people that are on roster that can keep uh, all of that straight. But you know what? People don't realize, Joe, the last two times me and you were in Cleveland Brown Stadium together, we won. We're 2-0. and I don't realize that, actually. Yeah, so that's – that's you should. It's like the last – it was the 2016 Chargers game on New Year's Eve and mm. then this past Sunday the Falcons. So that's Tomahawk cool. is always a thing. It's just everyone else is finally getting the benefit, including mm. the Cleveland Browns. But you're right. We have a huge show. We got Melvin Ingram who will be calling it. We got our guy Eric Weddle of the – Baltimore Ravens, always a fun guy. They called us Vegas to be on the show, so we're going to finally let them open up the phone line to stop hogging it all to ourselves. We also got a lot of news that's popping up. Zern, why don't you just take us right into it? But should we ask how you're doing first, or is that, is that nah. rude? Nah. No, that's not important. Don't that's worry about me. That's, that's what I was thinking. I just didn't want to verbalize it. I'm glad you said it. So <laughs> appreciate it, Hog. I appreciate you checking in on me like that. Uh, that's yeah. really that's what friends are for. All right, guys. Well, let's just get right into it because uh, your former coach, Hugh Jackson, is back in the news because as of today, he is officially the, let me make sure I'm getting this title right. He is the special assistant to the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what else, guys? The Browns got to buy this week and then they play in Cincinnati the following weekend. Um, what were your thoughts on the news that Hugh Jackson is returning to really the place that sort of made him a, a hot head coaching commodity before what happened with the Cleveland Browns. I don't think people realize how good of friends Hugh Jackson and Marvin Lewis are, were, have been. If you just look at their like relationship, their coaching relationship over time, it will tell you they are not just acquaintances. They are like real life BFFs. So as soon as the Browns let him go, I knew and I told everyone he's going to go coach for the Bengals. This isn't, it's not, it wasn't an if, it wasn't a guess. It was 100% going to happen, and here we are. And it's smart on their point to have done that. Hawk, I don't know about you, but this is the least surprising thing that has happened this NFL season, but has <laughs> received the most amount of fan shock and awe. Like, <laughs> like I did a bunch of radio shows this morning, and I just couldn't believe that all these people were surprised that Hugh Jackson just got hired by the Bengals. First of all, he's getting paid by the Browns. So Mike Brown doesn't have to open up his checkbook, which, as we all know, Mike Brown's happy when he gets something for free. He's yes. cheaper than me somehow. So it. it's not a surprise. And secondly, he knows everything there is to be about the Browns roster, the offense, the defense, and he can easily be a huge asset for Marvin on top of the fact that that's where he came from. And he is a huge friend of Marvin. So this is just not surprising at all. And I'm actually shocked that, People throughout the country are like surprised that Hugh Jackson got a job with the Bengals right away. 
Well, it's funny because what happens is the media talks about everything, like players, coaches, and obviously it's it's professional sports. That's what it's supposed to happen. But I think typically when people get fired, you know, and everyone, you know, piles on, which is what, and again, that's what's supposed to happen when someone gets fired. You talk about why they got fired and how bad they did or whatever, but I don't think people are ready when they, like, are going to resurface that quickly. Like, typically head coaches don't get fired and then just go right to a new team and start coaching as an assistant. <laughs> you're wrong it happens all the time I mean, does it I, like, I know, like within last week? year granted ken zampezi wasn't the head coach but he was the offensive coordinator of the bengals he got fired and the browns hired him within like a week to be yeah. a special assistant to whatever but that always happens to coaches that get fired in the middle of the season they go and they hang out with their buddy and they help him out as much as they can and that keeps the foot in the door and that gives them the opportunity to get hired somewhere else at the end of the season but head coaches typically don't do that i, uh, I, can't. I disagree Give me a time where a head coach has gotten fired, and then within weeks he went to coach for another team. I would even think that there was like they would have like a non-compete or something to say like, "Hey, you can't do anything for the rest of the season." Yeah, maybe I, I don't know, but either way, well, if we had a research team that was worth a shit, they would have had the the yeah. stat lined up for me, so I could have thrown it right back in your face. But let's move on <laughs> to the next topic. I real quickly before we move on, I just oh. want a yes or no, just want a yes or no answer. Baker Mayfield throws a touchdown in Cincinnati. Does he turn to the sideline and look at Hugh Jackson? Yes or no? No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. We you got know, some good intel this weekend being in Cleveland yeah. about the whole environment of the the Cleveland Browns. Which maybe we'll are we going to talk about it this show? We'll talk about it next show, maybe. Yeah. Next show. I'm you know. I'm interested to see what happens because. Uh, I've heard some things, but I also feel like Baker's a professional, and I feel like his relationship with Hugh is better than some people are saying. But I, we'll find out, and we'll talk a little bit more in the next show about that. Okay, great. Uh, that's a good tease, you guys. That's uh, really well that's, done. That's called um, podcasting. That, that's what that's called. So, guys, here on the Tomahawk Show, we do a lot of good for a lot of people. We are a beacon of hope for a lot of people, but there, there may be we may be getting blamed for the downfall of of one person. His name is Nathan Peterman. He was released by the Buffalo Bills. Peterman era in Buffalo has come to an end. Um, guys, what do you have to say for yourself for causing this this tragedy? I'm not laughing at the kid, man. I'm, I would never laugh at someone losing a job. That's, let's, let's make that very clear. And I've made it very clear. And yes, when I make things clear, are they then buried within a bunch of jokes contradicting what I'm saying? Of course they are. But that's sports comedy, and sports comedy is a thing that I don't think is a real thing, but I feel like I've cre- I'm a part of the pioneering genre. I say all that to say, I don't know if there was a more deserving loss of a job in professional sports. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, Hugh Jackson is a perfect example. Hugh Jackson is like family to us here at Atomi Hawk. We love him. He's an incredible dude. But even he understands with the record, like, it is what it is. You know, like, Nathan Peterman threw 13 interceptions in 133 career passing attempts in playoffs and regular season. He had an 11% interception rate at one point. Like, he threw 11 picks in under 100 passes. This is what happens. He, he wasn't ready to be the coach. The problem with it is, and I will give Joe a chance to speak sometime next episode, mm-hmm. um, the issue is I feel like coaches and GMs, whoever made the decision to continually make him the starter and put him in that bad situation, should be fired. My take on this is I feel so bad for the player. He's done nothing wrong. He's just not very good, and I don't want to pick on him anymore. So I'm a big fan of Nathan Peterman. I think he's handled it like a professional. He has. He's handled playing really, really poorly, and 
getting made fun of a lot and uh, I'm ready to move on. I, I wish him the best. Maybe he'll become a guest host on the Tomahawk, just like Bruce Gretkowski. And he can be our expert quarterback analyst. <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> I've got a few topics that I'm pretty amped about right now that I think we need to talk about. The first one it got me pretty excited when I heard this story is, so this weekend in Cincinnati, we all know that's kind of an old aging stadium. It was one of my least favorite places to play. Uh, the Saints were there, and apparently during pregame, a fire alarm was going off for like 15 minutes in the Saints locker room. And Sean Payton finally had enough of this distraction that certainly was planted by Marvin Lewis and the insidious <laughs> Bengals. So he took whatever it was. If it was his fists, I give this guy a lot of credit because the photo of the fire alarm after he smashed it, is a million pieces. It's pretty amazing. I, I'm guessing he took like some chair or maybe they had a baseball bat so just laying around in that, that locker room, but he smashed that fire alarm. And of course they beat the shit out of the Bengals. And then after the game, the Bengals called the police and turned him in for smashing that fire alarm. And now the police are investigating. So do we think Sean Payton is going to go to jail for yes. the federal offense of breaking a fire alarm? Lock him up. Lock them up. Love it's, it. it's it's you don't come to Cincinnati and I'm putting on my Cincinnati Bengals hat mm. and just break our fire alarms. You just talked about Mike uh, Mike Brown. He's you think he's going to tolerate you coming here just breaking a fire no. alarm and leaving? No, no, he's sending him a bill for sure. Heck yeah, he's getting a bill and for uh, emotional distress. Oh yeah, treble damages. That's for the, you lawyers the out city there. City right? built built that stadium. Now you got the whole. <laughs> Now you got the state of Ohio probably going to put a lawsuit against you because now you're in my tax money. Hey, the thing that I hated the most about playing in the Bengals stadium was for some reason, when they built that thing, they built the showers right next to the toilets, but they didn't put any exhaust fan. So when the, the showers have been going on in pregame for like an hour, that whole thing just becomes a one big foggy mess. And uh. if you're, if you're in those toilets, the, let's just say that there is no exhaust going on in there and it becomes like the nastiest shower toilet area in the NFL. It reminds me of old school, like the Meadowlands when we used to play out in New York, it was just so disgusting and nasty by the time the game started that you didn't even want to go in there. That's disgusting. And I'm happy I was in the home side because we <laughs> uh, smartly separated our toilets and our showers. It's probably a, a tactic just to get in your head more. It, it was. It got in my head. I, every time we had the Bengals on the schedule and we had to go down there, that's all I could think of. I was, oh, <laughs> man, I'm not going to be able to enjoy my pregame shit because it's just going to be like a, a foggy mess like I'm playing in London, like in the London Bell Tower or something. Not that we're uh, strangers to talking about uh, moving bowels here in the Tomahawk Show, but that's a portion of being a player that people don't understand. But that's a literal <laughs> ritual, probably of at least 75% of the team. you got to squeeze one out before you go out on the field because you don't want it to happen in the middle of halftime when it, you're all it, taped up. There's like lines for the for the crapper at every stadium you go to, like in pre If you don't get there early enough, you may not even get the opportunity. Well, as, especially as a lineman, it took me almost 30 minutes to get my my sl knee sleeves on, my elbow pads, my thigh pads, my shoes, my ankle tape, my finger tape, my wrist tape. And by the time you put it all together, I look like a Ninja Turtle because my fingers are all taped together. So I can't even wipe my ass if I wanted to. <laughs> and if you, if you had to take a dump, I don't even know how you do it. You'd have to have a trainer come in and help you because there is nothing that's going to happen quickly once you get all taped up and you put yourself all together. So uh, you got to get that thing out right when you get to the stadium before you turn yourself into a, a Superman uh, Ninja Turtle. All right, well, it, 
now that we've lost all of our female listeners and Matt has <laughs> the studio, joining us is our guy, defensive extraordinaire Melvin Ingram. Yes, me and my bro. Hey. Tomahawk show. Show. He got them chains on. Oh. He doing his thing. Yeah. White toe bogging. Hey. He gonna be rocking. Yeah. Yeah, we over here rocking. Okay. And we never stopping. Yo, give him the proper intro. The greatest defender in NFL history, Melvin Ingram from Los Angeles Chargers, who actually just dropped a new album. I'm pretty excited to check out on iTunes called King Talk. Melvin, welcome to the show. I appreciate y'all for having me. Hey, Mel, I, I read that you said you're the best athlete, music artist. Is that true? For sure. Give me, give me Damn your top. Man. Give me two other athlete music artists that you, who you think is who are also good, and then you got to tell me why you think you're the best. Uh, two other top athletes that I think is good uh, that 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 do music. Yeah, really, I would say Major Nine Chad. I like Chad. Chad's super dope. I, I definitely brought okay. with a lot of Chad music, and uh, it's a lot of man. I like Dame. I like I like Bill. I like all them boys. They they definitely dope, and, and I like their music. But I, I feel like I'm just in a league of my own. I swear I'm dripping on them, pimping on them. When Scotty pimping on them, I'm different, homie. I swear I'm different, homie. On the mission, homie. Straight up out that kitchen, homie. Made back like a limo. I ain't gonna lie. I listened to the album today for the first time, like straight through, and I listened to it twice. Now I never listened to albums twice, but I had to run it back because I was utterly impressed. I'm like, yo, he really is nice. What it? I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Now you sign with Rock Nation for sports. Is there like any overlap between what you do on the sports side and the music? We got any conversations yeah. happening? What we doing, Mel? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. We got some, we got some good stuff cooking right now, actually, man. We 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 just fine. We just getting everything situated. But uh, King Talk Two is definitely finished, you know, and and, and it's gonna it's gonna hit the streets. When's it When's it coming out? Because as you know, I'm a big hip hop fan here, all the way from Madison, Wisconsin. I I check out all the latest hip hop stuff. So I need to know when I when I can download this and start uh, bumping it in my house in suburbia. Yeah, we we actually waiting on a date right now. Me and my music manager is actually waiting on a date right now. It'll probably be in like either either late. December or early January, but we already got it finished. We just we just waiting on the the perfect time to drop it, really. And it might become before the end, man. We never know because everything is really finished. All the songs, all the mix and matches, masters, all the artwork, everything is done. So obviously, I've never dropped a hip hop album, but I imagine there's probably a lot that goes into it, from writing the songs to getting in the studio and recording it, and then remixing it. Why don't you peel back the onion a little bit for us and show us and or tell us exactly kind of what has all gone into putting out this first album for you? Oh, uh, it's a lot, man. Actually, it's just really you gotta. I, I really just get in the vibe. Where I just talk to a lot of producers and get a lot of beats. I just listen to a lot of beats. And then you just catch a vibe with the beat. You write your music, get in the studio. You get in there with a uh, with an engineer. Y'all record the music, and then you got to send it to somebody who can really mix and master it down, so you can get the best sound, the best quality of the music. Then you probably got to go through like you got to go through like split sheets and all that with the with the producers. And if you got any features on it, you got to go through. You got to put that out with them because if you put the music out to make money, you got to make sure all the legal the the whole legal process is right. And then you gotta go through whoever you're gonna put it out through. If you're gonna go through STEM, if you're gonna go through Rock Nation, if you're gonna go through Empire, you they gotta give you a date on, on, on when you're gonna drop it or whatever, and then you, you gotta put it out. That's crazy. Really 
juggling the life of a football player and a music artist. You got other teammates that also do music. Melvin Gordon does music, right? And I heard Keenan Allen does yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Keenan sing and Melvin. Melvin really starting to tap into the to the rapping world. Me and Mel yeah. got like one or two songs together. I about to say, when's the collabs coming, man? Yeah, yeah. We got some stuff. Well, look, I, I used to hate people playing uh, stuff in the locker room, like their homeboys and stuff. So with, y'all, with all y'all doing music, A, do you play your own music in the locker room? And B, what of is the course. reaction from your teammates? Man, my teammates rock with it. They all rock with it. We definitely play it in there for sure. So uh, one of Hawk and I's teammates was Dwayne Bowe when we were in Cleveland together. And he recently dropped an album or two down in Miami, and he's really been putting a lot behind it. Have you heard of any Dwayne Bowe's uh, beats that he's put out there? Yeah, yeah, I like Money Bow. Money Bow, dope, man. I like him. Hey, but you freestyled already for the Tomahawk show. We're actually we're we're, we're cutting that. We're dropping that as this interview is going to go on. We're going to drop the Melvin Ingram Tomahawk freestyle he put, and we got to make that our uh, our intro song. Let's get into the football, right. man. We got the Chargers six game win streak. What's been the biggest reason you guys got so hot this year, man? The chemistry, man. We all playing together, really, on in every phase: offense, defense, and special team. We all playing together. And we're making the plays down the stretch that we need to play, that we need to make to win the games, and that's what it's all about, man. So we got a different attitude on this team, and we got one goal in common, and that's winning a Super Bowl, and that's what we, that's what we 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 headed towards, and we ain't really really trying to let nothing derail us. Something that we've always talked about on the Tomahawk Show is how the Chargers have, they always seem to get overlooked by everybody. Like for some reason, forever they were in San Diego. And uh, nobody gave him credit. Obviously, we know how good Philip Rivers is, but nobody ever talks about him being one of the best in the NFL. You and I, we had a bunch of battles, and I always said that you were uh, one of the guys that always was the most overlooked, and you deserve way more credit than you deserve because I always thought you were one of the best outside linebackers that I played against, and certainly you had the hardest head. I've never been hit so hard (laughs) in my entire life than when we went one-on-one. Just a run block, I think you almost – uh, knocked my head off. You actually hit me so hard that both my chin straps broke at the same time. And that was the only time it ever happened in my career. But do you feel like now that you guys are in LA, you're getting some more of the credit that you guys deserve? Or do you still feel like you're overlooked? I, I feel like we get some of the credit. But like I always tell tell my guys in that locker room, man, if you win, they can't deny that, really. Mm. So you go out there and win games, they have no choice but to see you. And, and that's what we're trying to do. I feel like we still, we still get overlooked some because people – some people feel like we still should be in San Diego. Some people still feel, feel like we we in the right place. But but like I say, man, we 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 gonna play football. That's what we here to do. No matter where we at, if they move us to space, we gonna play football. And if they overlook us, then then at some point in time, they gonna have to come see us. I like that the space charges here in LA. <laughs> you talked about it's winning football. Now the problem is the other LA team is also winning football games. So are, are the Chargers the Lakers or are they the Clippers? We the Chargers. We ain't even one of those. We hey, the Chargers. Hey, that's a ball right there. You can use that one, man. That's okay. That one's <laughs> on the house. <laughs> I got you. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, we talk about uh, Phillip Rivers, man. He's, he's putting a, a, a really, really good season together. Everybody's high on Mahomes. Everybody's high on Drew Brees. Todd Gurley is balling. And all these players. Do you think Phillip Rivers should be in the conversation for MVP? For sure. For sure. And I think in due time he gonna be in there no matter what. You can't you gotta respect or check his numbers, man. And he 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 actually going crazy right now. He wanted he been doing it for a long time. He one of the best to ever do it. So they ain't gonna have no choice but to put him in that talk. 
So why are they overlooking him? That's that's the question we always have because it's not like he's an under-the-radar player. We know Phillip Rivers is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He always has been. But even still now, with the season he's having, with the record you guys got, he's still being overlooked. Why is that? What is it about him that people overlook him? I don't know. I think that's the question you got to ask all the people that's overlooking him because I ain't yeah. overlooking him. So <laughs> I think that's a question for the people who overlook him. Yeah, I think he's talking to you, Hawk. Why are you overlooking him like that? I'm not that? overlooking that. I, look, my, <laughs> my brother used to play against him. My brother played for the Patriots, and he used to play against Drew Brees. And one thing he told me, he was like, I used to ask him, who's the biggest shit talker? And he would always say Drew Brees. Is that true, Mel? Is he is Drew – or not Drew Brees, I'm sorry. Phillip Rivers is Ooh. the biggest shit talker. Is that true, Mel? Is hey. Phillip Rivers out yeah, here yeah. talking head doing games? Yeah, yeah. Phil, Phil, Phil is a competitor, man. And mm. he going to let you know. And, and that's what I love about it, man. He he come with it every day. He gonna talk shit. He gonna he gonna he gonna do what he's supposed to do, and, and that that brings an edge to our offense. Mel, I know you're good friends with Todd Gurley, and you guys are in the entertainment capital of the world. Both the Rams and Chargers in L.A. Now, what is the celebrity status of the Mel and Todd Gurley bromance when you guys are hanging out in L.A.? Man, it's amazing, man. That's he like a brother to me. Blood couldn't make us any closer. So it's just it's 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 dope, man. We we I'm always at his crib and and we we just be having fun, man. That's what it's all about. I feel like you make relationships in this league that that money couldn't buy, and that's one of them. When you guys are walking around town, do people recognize you right off the bat, or do they recognize only you? Because obviously you're a much bigger star than than Todd is. Obviously, nah, they they recognize Todd no matter where. I be at <laughs> game, I go to like the Lakers or the Clippers game, and they think I'm him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you get mixed up with Melvin Gordon a lot? Like even in person, all the time. Melvin- All How the terrible time. is that? Yeah. If y'all are the only two Melvins in the league that are good, <laughs> y'all have the same team. Yeah, it's crazy. We get mixed up all the time. I got one more. Go ahead, Joe. I was just going to ask. I I got to play with uh, Anthony Lynn. He was a running backs coach when I was young in the NFL, and I loved him. I thought he was so good. He was uh, a great coach, but he was also a great mentor. He could relate to the players. Um, We really loved him. And then, obviously, his career has taken off since then. Now he's your head coach. I think he's done an outstanding job. Tell me about Anthony Lynn. Man. You you hit it on the head, man. A great players coach, really. I feel like since he played in this league and everything, he really know how to relate to us, and he he understand it, and that's what it's all about, man. He he all about us. What what can put us in the best position to win? What what whatever we need, he all for it, and that's what makes him such a great coach. How do you compare him to the other coaches you've had? Because you and me have both had a lot of coaches in our NFL career. Yeah, yeah I, he up there the top. Totally honest, he's definitely one of the best I've ever had. My my only Anthony Lynn, uh, I tried out for the Browns in 2008. And after like two days of rookie minicamp, he was like, hey, you're pretty fast for a midget. I thought, okay. <laughs> uh, thank you. I wasn't quite sure how to take that. Uh, one yeah, more question for you, fun. Mel, before we, before we let you get out of here. Earlier in the season, man, the Raiders did the, the dumbest thing, in my opinion, that I've ever seen a football team do. And they traded away one of the best defensive players in the game, and Khalil Mack. You tweeted out, ain't no loyalty in this business, man. What were your thoughts on that situation? And what is your mindset seeing things like that? Like, how does that shape the way that you go about your business? It, 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 my, it's just crazy. It's crazy how he put blood, sweat, and tears into that organization. And, and all he wanted to all, – all he really wanted to them to do is show their appreciation that they appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how they just, just traded him away, just turned their back on him. And I, I really – I really wasn't a fan of that because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Khalil Mack fan, and the way he go about 
the game of football is is second to none, and I feel like he was a first class act when it came to to playing the game of football. And they they I I guess they didn't value that, and and that was really crazy to me. Like so much he did for that organization, and for them to just trade him away really didn't make sense. Well, I mean, you said you hit it on the head, man. And the the only silver lining there is that he upped the market, so you can go get some more money for yourself. You're gonna be looking <laughs> yeah, out for. Real. We're going to be checking out that. King Talk. Make sure everyone listening, we're going to check out King Talk too. Make sure you let us know when it's coming so we can look out for it. Okay, I appreciate y'all too. Of course, man. Well, good luck this week. Thanks for being All on, right, man. Thanks. All right, thank you, bro. I mean, that was Melvin Ingram, man, our guy, always entertaining. He's he's one of the only people who have doubled back to the Tomahawk show. It's like him, Baker Mayfield. Who else have we had on twice? Um, Obama and Oprah, Obama. they were on a couple times. Um, but other than them, we don't let anybody come back twice. We just don't have space. No, nah, I mean, we just we just like to hog all the airwaves to ourselves. Another thing we didn't talk about is Le'Veon Bell. He's not coming back this season. Mm. Thoughts, Joe? All I can think of is what a tremendous mistake. Like, I don't he, know if it is, though. Well, I thought why don't you, hang on. Why, why don't you ask me a question, and then as I start giving you my opinion, you cut me off and say <laughs> I'm wrong? How well, does that work? I didn't actually explain it. You gave me your opinion, and I, I, I gave the right was, answer. I thought this was Team Tomahawk. Not, this not is, me was, Go ahead. I want to hear what you have to think about. Here's what I think about it, because I know where you're going with it, because you've gone down this rabbit hole numerous times, and you'll have your opportunity, but now it's time for me. Um, I think by him not playing this year, I think it was actually smart. He'll be a free agent next year. If they want to keep him, they have to pay him quarterback money, so he'll recoup some of that $14.5 million, right? They can transition tag him, but – they won't match the offer that he'll get from somebody else. And I honestly think he does preserve his body by not playing this year. Because when I, from college to the league, I sat a year out, right? And it wasn't by choice like Le'Veon Bell. It was because nobody wanted to sign somebody who um, wasn't tall enough to ride most of the rides at Cedar Point. But regardless, I sat the year out from the time of when my senior year at Toledo, which is in college football, is such a grind. You play football year round between it's the season, winter conditioning, spring ball, summer ball. You have no break for four or five straight years. Me sitting out that year, when I came back to playing, I was a completely different player because my body had time to heal up and rejuvenate. So much like Marshawn Lynch did with the Raiders, I think Le'Veon Bell will actually add longevity to his career and add extra years on the back end by sitting out because his body is now going to naturally heal and he's not going through the same beatdown that a normal NFL player does to continuously through their career. So I think he'll actually earn the money on the back end. That's that's my point. So the only way that I would say that sitting out makes sense is if he was like 85% sure he was going to sustain such a crippling injury during this season that he wasn't going to be able to see that long-term contract. Because, okay, let's say he shows up and worst case scenario, he pulls an Adrian Peterson and tears his ACL. Somebody still would pay him in the offseason because he showed up, he showed good faith, he ran hard, he played just as well as he's always been playing. And in the offseason, somebody's going to reward him because they know that almost every injury an NFL player gets, they're going to be able to come back just as healthy as they were before they got injured. So, first of all, that's number one. Number two, that 14 and a half million that he gave up this season, he'll never be able to make that back up. If he was able to get through the season relatively healthy, even if he tore an MCL or hurt his shoulder, or whatever it is, by the end of the offseason, he would be healthy again and he'd be able to sign his big deal and he would collect the 14 and a half million this year. He got offered a long-term deal, five years, 70 million. That's huge. I don't see there's anybody out there that's going to pay him more than that. He's oh, already sat out an entire year. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's already sat out. 
an entire year. So a lot of teams are going to say, well, he, he might be a little rusty. We don't know what we're going to get. He's a year older. Yeah, he didn't play this year, but he still gets older. He's not allowed to cryogenically freeze himself in a year that he doesn't play football. And the running back position is a luxury. The only people who have the luxury of paying a running back big bucks are somebody that either has a rookie quarterback that's your franchise quarterback under that rookie contract or a team that doesn't have a franchise quarterback. Because once you pay a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, franchise quarterback money, you can't afford to also pay a running back 17, 18, 19 million, 20 million a year or whatever it is that Le'Veon Bell wants. So the only teams that are going to be interested are teams that don't have that franchise quarterback that's already been paid. And then once you say that, it's like, okay, so who are the teams that are left that don't have that huge investment in that quarterback position? Well, they're teams that aren't going to be right there on the edge of winning a Super Bowl. So they're not willing to spend the money on running back. Because if you're, let's say, the Oakland Raiders, you're one of these teams that isn't really close to winning a Super Bowl. Why would you waste the money on a, on the running back position? You're going to spend the money on other positions that's going to give you more longevity, That the pass rusher, the, the cornerback, the receiver, the guys that are going to be there for 10 more years that give you the opportunity to build your franchise long-term. Le'Veon's already an old running back. Nobody's going to want to commit huge long-term dollars to an old running back. The only team that was going to maybe do that was Pittsburgh, but because he sat out, he gave Wally Pip, he did the Wally Pip, and he gave James Conner the opportunity to show that, oh, maybe this position was more about the offensive line and the offense and the quarterback than Le'Veon Bell just being a flat-out stud. Hawk, the floor is yours. Yeah, I'm just going to say you're drunk, Thank Joe. You. You've had way too many 73 coaches. Le'Veon Bell is an old running back. He's still on his rookie deal. If he's considered an old running back, the Stiglers definitely did this guy a disservice. How could you be an old running back and you are still on your rookie deal? I don't even get how that's possible. Like, I think he'll make more than the $70 million they offered him because he'll be free. He'll be an open market. You mean to tell me the Dolphins aren't going to want to come get him? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't going to want to come they? get him? The Houston Texans aren't going to want to come get him? There are Houston, so Houston that, that's a potential landing spot. I could say Houston because they got their quarterback under the rookie deal, but they're not going to give him a six-year deal because they know they got to pay Deshaun Watson in a couple seasons. Whatever. If they give him a three-year deal worth $16 million a year, that's still like – no, nope. just guarantee the whole thing. Yeah, well, that, that's what he could have got in Pittsburgh. He could have no. got fifteen million a year on a five-year deal. It wasn't guaranteed. They were only guaranteeing like a, a, a third, little portion of it. million in the bank. Guaranteed. And then Todd Gurley comes and signs a deal, reads up with the LA Rams that would have trumped that deal by large margin. So he was actually smart to pass up on it because no. now he'll be the running back with the big deal. No, he ain't going to get the big deal. He's 27 years old in February. Once you hit 30, everybody knows most running backs go downhill. He's taken a lot of hits because he gets a lot of touches during the season. So somebody's going to give him a two- or three-year deal. But like He's I said, special. you can't – Frank Gore's 97 years old. Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> 62 years old. Adrian Peterson, we watched him do a 70-yard run. The guy is 64 years old. So older running backs can be effective. Lady yeah, they can Bell's Hang particularly on. because they're, he's he's even better than most of those guys. They're the exception to the rule. You don't bet on the exceptions. And that's why I'm saying when somebody's looking at this guy, they're not going to bet on the exception at the running back position. It's not that important of a position anymore in today's NFL. It's a luxury to have. And nobody 
at the top of the game or at the bottom of the game is going to be willing to spend that type of money on a long-term deal. He's going to get a two or three year offer. It might be 15 million a year. It might be Houston, but teams that have that quarterback, they know they're going to pay. They're not going to waste the money on a running back. You might be right. I just think it's all BS. Who you pay, who you don't pay. We watched the Raiders trade Khalil Mack and we watched the Bears give him a hundred million dollars. Like even when you play good, you play by the rules, you do everything you're told, you still don't get the money. So whatever. It's hey, that is a great point, Hawk. I will <laughs> give you this that in free agency, the great part about it is you don't have to convince 32 teams that you're worth the money. You only gotta convince one dumbass. There's always team. one idiot out there. That's the Raiders. Know. All you gotta do is convince the Raiders you're worth the money and they'll go pay. <laughs> Well, it sounds like we've got our man Eric Weddle calling into the show, five-time All-Pro safety from the Baltimore Ravens and big friend of the Tomahawk Show. Eric Weddle, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. Had a good week off. Enjoyed the time with my four Rugrats and ready for the stretch run, baby. Hey, let's get it. For everyone listening, man, we got Eric Weddle, the best safety in football history, the in NFL history, <laughs> NBA history, MLB history, you name it. Baltimore Ravens. You're too kind. You're hey, too kind. man, it's all facts, man. We're just happy to have you on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure, and it's an honor to enjoy the amazing Tomahawk show. I mean, who would ever thought two legends like yourself would turn this 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 thing into one of the greatest th- shows in history oh man we are cutting that up and definitely putting that on the intro <laughs> i know the five pro bowls you have probably felt pretty good but this is clearly the biggest honor of your career being on the tomahawk show <laughs> but i want to know i know i know you're a guy that he, he, you love a lot of things you've got a, a great personality and there's a lot of interest outside of football uh you're just coming off of your bye week what were the hobbies? Were you able to dive into anything this this uh, bye week? Were you golfing? Were you playing basketball? Were you bowling? What were you doing? Well, uh, my wife said, hey, here are their four kids. Here's their schedules. I'll see you later. And, uh, <laughs> that was, so was the majority week. of my days. Honestly, uh, I told Chanel, like, we, couldn't, we can't really go anywhere. We thought about going home for the few days in, to San Diego, but you know, I got three in elementary. I got my son had his Super Bowl for Pop Warner on Saturday, and we didn't want to miss that. So she, so it was basically schoolwork, activities. Each of my daughters on a little date, whether it was shopping or movies or uh, doing activities with them, and obviously going, being able to uh, watch my son's practices every night and be there for him. So it was a good. It was fun. I was actually more tired being at home every day mentally training at the end of the night than I was actually going to work so I can't wait to get back to practice catch up with them yeah I was was like babe I I think I gotta go in this is Sunday I'm like I think I gotta go in and get some rehab or something she's like no you don't you're staying right here oh that's good you mentioned uh your wife Chanel she was actually a, a college soccer player and you being the fantastic athlete that you are can you see in your kids already? Are they going to be good athletes? Do you can you kind of tell like all right, this one's going to be uh, like a stud. He's probably going to be like a football player. This one like a soccer yeah. player. This one uh, no athleticism there. We're going to skip that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my son. I have three girls and a boy. My son's my second. He's uh, nine, nine, a little over nine, and uh, he's naturally good at, at everything. And and he's super driven, super competitive. Uh, he's really good at football, really good at baseball. For, needs some work at basketball. Uh, basketball was was one of my favorite sports, so he he kind of 
you know, he gets mad at me when I'm always pushing basketball, go out and practice, go out and practice. He's like, I don't want to practice. I'm like, all right, well, you're not going to be good at it then. So, uh, <laughs> my girls, my girls are, are naturally athletic, but they're not athletic in the sense of sports athletics. Like if you want to play catch with them, they'll have a, they'll be, but they'll be getting hit in the face with the ball much more than <laughs> catching it. But they're, they're really good at dancing. They got rhythm. They, they're good at gymnastics. Like my two older girls, they, they do gymnastics and they're both in hip hop and dance and ballet and stuff like that. So a sports though, my, my fourth is our only hope to have a soccer player. So we're going to really push her to play soccer. So we have one sport, uh Tom girl, a tomboy out of the group. So well, those, those are my four kids in a sense. Well, gymnastics is a sport. <laughs> Definitely. Put that out there. Also, you talk about th- being naturally good at stuff, and that's what, kind of what we are at the podcasting game. So I'm just going <laughs> to – before we before we even get into anything else, I just want to get a verbal commitment from you that upon retirement in 10 years, you're going to join as a uh, a regular host of the Tomahawk Show. Because I feel like – 100%. Be- I'm – I'm in, and you don't. I I will do it for free because I think ah. I can add a very good element to this group, and we good. can just we could. You guys are already great, but I think we could be legendary. So that's just I, my my my. I couldn't funny. agree more, man. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Speaking of legendary, your post game press conferences definitely qualify <laughs> as legendary. You, you called Cam Newton one time a fast dinosaur, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna play a little yeah, so, game. So, Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. You tell us about well, it. I mean, yeah, I was I was in the presser, and, and I said, like, my first thought was when, when I see him, you know, he's he's such a physically gifted, uh, you know, stature of a quarterback. He, there's not many guys. He's probably the only one like him who who is that big, that physical, can run, can yeah. pass. I mean, he's, he's very unique. So I was when I was thinking and, and explaining how, you know, how talented he is, I was going to say a rhinoceros, but I've said rhinoceros about other guys, you know, for, you know, mainly running backs when they run the ball, they, you know, they're tough guys to bring down. So I was like, what's more unique than a rhinoceros? And I was like, man, a dinosaur came to my mind. I'm like, that's, that's that. He's that guy, you know, he's, he's only, he's the most unique uh, quarterback in the league that could do those things. I mean, other guys run around, but you're not you're not you're not so fearful of him running around and juking you or running you over. Like there's not many yeah. guys that that can do that. So that's how the whole dinosaur came around. Right? And he was a dinosaur against us. He killed us. So yeah, I mean it makes sense. <laughs> I mean I think that's why people loved it because it it was definitely on brand. We're gonna give you some other names, and we want you to give us, I guess, the version that they are. Not not a fast dinosaur because that's Cam. Okay. All right, here we go. Okay, Let's just, any kind of animal, all right. Any time, just give it to whatever pops into your head, Eric. That's what we're into. Okay, all right. Number one, Aaron Donald. Oh my gosh, she's like a, uh, like a, uh, uh, a warthog, but <laughs> but bigger. Like he's just he he's explosive. He's obviously a monster, but you know those warthogs and they, they're tough. They're fighters. And you very rarely do they ever get caught. They're they're the the warthogs. They're they're tough and physical and nasty. Like I you don't mess it. with those guys. A nasty warthog. All right, next one we got <laughs> Nathan Peterman. Uh he he's gonna be like a uh, like a flying squirrel. Uh, okay. You know he, he he goes around from trees to trees, running for his life. Yeah. And uh, you know it was it was unfortunate. You know you never want to see guys get released but uh he he had a tough go and but you fell for him I mean, he, he yeah trust me we've, a, 
Big, big yeah. sympathizers to that situation. I got another one for you. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Holy smokes. I'm thinking of a stoke, stoic, uh, even killed demeanor type animal. Maybe <laughs> like a, how about, how about like a, a tarantula, right? Oh. Just slow moving, creep up on you and boom, kill you. <laughs> boom, out, out of the dark. You know, playoffs come around, boom, snatch you up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, I got one for you. Terrell Suggs. Mr. Sizzle. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put him in the category of the king of the jungle. So a lion slash uh you know, gotta be the center of attention, outspoken, <laughs> uh the biggest biggest uh guy of the group. Yeah, he's definitely a lion for sure. Lion. All right, last one. You guys are playing the Bengals this week. So what is Andy Dalton? He's like the animal that won't go away and, and always <laughs> seems to just pester you and and hurt you when you don't want him around. So maybe like a mosquito <laughs> or a gnat that just won't go away and just keeps keeps biting you and then keeps beating you. Uh, you know, that's, Andy and I are great friends, so he'll probably laugh. But he's, oh, yeah. he's obviously a great quarterback. But man, he just always seems to play great games against us <laughs> and against me. So, gosh dang it, you know, get that Nat away. Gosh dang it, get Nat. It's funny because one of our our producers and uh, another member of the show, her name is Nat, and she's sitting right here. So it's like <laughs> we're also going to cut that audio up for her. Get that Nat away from here. Yes. Eric, you, you had the most famous beard in the NFL, and uh, you recently shaved it. What inspired you to go sans beard? RIP to the yeah, best beard. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I had, I've had the beard, it seems like, forever. Over the years, I've, I've had it for two years without cutting it, you know. And honestly, I was at home, and I was hanging out with the kids. This was before Pittsburgh, and I saw some family pictures of us about eight years ago, and I was you know, I was, I was like, man, I, I didn't look half bad back then without the without the beard. And, <laughs> and then a couple of days go by, I didn't have my brush. You know, you got, it takes a lot to keep an epic beard looking marvelous, right? <laughs> so if you don't comb it and you don't take care of it, I don't put the oils and all that other crap in it. I just, I'm all natural, baby, all natural. Oh, no. But I, I didn't it. brush it and, it and I got knots and I looked like, I just looked like a complete, utterly disappointment of life and i said i was thinking maybe in the bye week maybe i'll cut it maybe not and then i woke up i'm like i i don't want it anymore so i was like, all right let's cut it and so my wife and kids were all asleep and i just shaved it off and woke up the next morning and they all started they're all shocked and one was crying <laughs> my, my two older kids said dad nobody's gonna like you anymore because you don't have the beard <laughs> My wife was ecstatic because she despises the beard, so she, she's yeah. happy. So happy wife, it was happy just wife. one of those things. I was I was tired of it, and when I get my mind set on it, I it's pretty much a done deal. So all my teammates were like, "What are you doing? You should have called us. We could have t- talked you off the ledge. You know, this isn't you." <laughs> and I said, "Hey, what guys, have you done?" Eric, I know you had like millions of dollars in sponsorships for that beard. What happened They're to all, all that money? It's all gone. Oh. They, they've they revoked that. The, basically, all my endorsements were tied to the beard, and as soon as I cut the beard, it's all void. So the millions and millions of dollars my post career 
was all set up, and now they they're moving on to the next guy. So hey, it's okay though, man. I can live with that. You know, it's their loss. It's their loss. Initially, Chanel was happy about, and then she heard about the loss in endorsement dollars. Then she says, "Honey, when can you grow that beard back?" Yeah, she's she's now saying, "Well, babe, now you gotta work. You gotta play for another five more years, um, (laughs) and don't really care about your health. It's just you gotta you gotta keep bringing in the money, babe." (laughs) <laughs> so Joe Flacco's had a beard every now and then. And uh, the other famous quarterback beard that I always think about is the Andrew Luck, like neck beard, Amish beard. Oh, jeez. That right, is beard ugly beard. On oh, beard, Joe Flacco versus Andrew Luck. Well, I mean, with Joe, he never really grew the beard out. So so he's got, he got a little too much pub for the beard and shaving the beard. I mean, he never really had the beard in the first place. I don't really constitute as a beard. So, oh, wow. you know, everyone can <laughs> grow like a, a, yeah, a fake, you know, everyone, anyone can grow a beard. If you want to grow a real beard, you got to grow it out. So I give it to Andrew Luck, man. Luck, Luck is committed. Even though he looks horrendous, he still does it, man. Look, I would always tell people you were my favorite uh, defender to play against because it was almost like WWE wrestling because it was I never played against a safety that it was like he would tell you when the play was over. So I could like save my energy. <laughs> I'd be blind. Yeah. Right I'm like, oh, thank God. And you could trust him. He wasn't like he was lying to me. He was he was yeah. telling the truth. Hey. So it was like, you know what? We're going to give these fans a good show. We're going to keep all of our energy <laughs> yeah. uh, preserved. Hey, hey, we're, good. we're good right here, babe. We're good. Play's <laughs> over. Play's over. Good. We're, we're good. good, babe. We're good. We're good. How are you uh, assimilating into the Baltimore lifestyle? I know you've been there a little while now, man. A lot going on yeah. there. A lot of storylines. How do you How do you feel about that as opposed to being in San Diego? You know, it's, this is a uh, – we've lived here uh, year-round, you know, with our kids in school. And I made the, the jump from San Diego that we want to just head all in. If I've ever done anything and and made a made a commitment, we go 100% all in. So we've lived here year round, and we've loved. I haven't been more happy than I've been here the last three years. Uh, just the transition, the the team welcoming me in, wanting me, obviously, and and uh, the city. I mean, the city is, is is a football town to the to the T. The people are amazing. They they support their team, and you know they they expect a winner and they expect championships here, and and that's. That's what I love about it. I love the pressure. I love accountability. And, uh, you know, we've loved every minute of being here. So it's it's been uh, one of the best decisions I've made of, of signing here, and, and I've loved every second of it. Uh, Eric, that's awesome, man. You're one of our, for real, not even – we always BS and say someone's our favorite person in the league. You are 100% <laughs> our favorite person in the league, our favorite guest on the Tomahawk Show, and we're going to hold you to the word that you're going to be a part of our broadcast. I'm in. I'm how in. Many, how many more years are you going to play? Tell us right now. Come here. Uh, right now? Yes. Make the, uh, the headline. This is the headline we're all looking I mean, for. I got one year left on this deal, and if they want me back, I'll play. If not, then – Are you a play to the uh, wheels fall off as, kind of guy? No, 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 no. As the old saying goes, I'll ride off in the sunset and be very happy. Uh, I can still play. I can still run. I'm not going to be those guys that hold on, play play one year too long, and, and that's the lasting memory of me getting ran by or – Right. Getting scored touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. That's definitely not going to be me. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I, at this point in my career, I play because I still love the game, but I don't play for the money. I play just a chance at the Super Bowl. That's really the only thing that's eluded me. I've done all the individual things, and, and I just want to, I honestly I just want to crack at the playoffs and, and have yeah. a chance. And well, then we got to get gonna, you Cleveland, man. That's the only way. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta get oh, look at they're, they're on the they're on the upswing, man. It's we're it's, on the upswing. Uh, we're recruiting. 
It's you know it's it's, it's prime <laughs> for you. All right, it's Baker Mayfield yeah, season. Yeah, it's going uh, down. I mean, hey, hey, he woke he woke up dangerous. So hey. I don't know, man. That's, <laughs> I know you appreciate that. I woke that up feeling dangerous. Uh, uh, so did you not wake up feeling dangerously the other previous week? I mean, yeah. What you trying to say, man? <laughs> Comical. Oh, Eric, man, we appreciate you, man. We'll let you get back to your uh, to your off day. We appreciate you joining us here on the Tomahawk. Yeah. Always, guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, best of luck. All right, Eve. See you guys. Eric Weddle, man, always one of our favorite guests here on the Tomahawk. Actually, that was his first time, but now he's one of our favorite guests. Fun. Joe, what are your thoughts on E, on e. Weddle? That guy was always one of the best. He was one of the guys I always hung out at, you guys at hang all out those at? Pro Bowls that uh, we used to go to. I don't know if that's you were you there or at. not. Maybe you were there as a guest, guest yeah. of one of the other players. You made probably you made Pro Bowls. That's right, a lot of them because you always tell me that. But that's yeah. cool. No, that's no, cool. He, yeah. He's a great guy, great family guy. He's got a bunch of kids just like I do, so we naturally always hit it off. All right, we're gonna hit these Ask Nat questions. All right, Ask Nat. So, what is the proper way to use voicemail? I got into a very long discussion with an older gentleman that would want to call me and leave me a fucking voicemail that says "call me." Like, you don't leave the. I get it. Is don't leave voicemails. Yeah, don't ever yes. leave a voicemail. Thank you. So. What I tried to explain to him is by calling me and leaving me a voicemail that tells me a nothing about what you called about and, and B you're bothering me and wasting my time by making me call you back to find out it's, it's inspiring me just not to call you back. First of all, if you want me to call you, just text me, Hey, call me. I got something that I need to talk to you about. That's too long to text. So call me. Or if you leave a voicemail, tell me what you got to talk to me about. That's the point of voicemail. Exactly. So if you're calling from a number that you know that this person doesn't have your number or you're a random caller and you leave a voicemail, you have to explain why you're calling and give a number to call back because then that leaves the option open for you to call back. The thing with me is I have like family members that leave me voicemails every time they call. So like (laughs) my aunt will call me and she probably calls me like twice a day because I live with her, but she leaves me a voicemail every single time just saying, hi, Natalie, just checking in. Um, Can you just call me back when you can? And I keep telling her, I'm like, if I see your missed call, I will call you back or just text me. You don't need to leave me a voicemail twice a day that I'm never going to listen to. But I've told her that like a million times, but she still leaves me voicemails all the time. If it's not business or an emergency, don't leave me a voicemail. Text me. I'll never listen to it. Nothing will ever get done. The first time you leave me a voicemail that didn't need to be a voicemail will be the last voicemail I ever listened to. So it's like the boy who cried wolf. The next time it would be an important message and I'd never get it because I've already put you on the banned voicemail list. Does anybody under 35 just call to talk to people anymore? Like, I'm just going to pick up the phone and call Hawk and be like, hey, man, what's up? I just wanted to talk. No, they do. They're weirdos. They they use FaceTime. (laughs) I've had like, you know, young kids, like young adults who this is a new way. They just FaceTime you. And I'm like, yo, that is the oh, most intrusive thing that it like, why would you just out of the blue FaceTime me? Like, why would that be an option? If you if we're not close enough for you to just pull up at my house unannounced and walk into my door, don't <laughs> FaceTime me. Those are the rules. If, 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 if you walked right in my house unannounced and I didn't move a muscle and I was just like, oh, yo, what's up? Those are the people that can face. If you don't feel like you could do that, do not FaceTime my phone. Unless we had a predetermined meeting set up. All right. I think that's a good, that's a good place to wrap this episode. We, we covered a lot here. Um, listen, make sure you're following us on social media. At Tomahawk Show. Instagram, Twitter. Use the hashtag Tomahawk to hit us up. 
keep leaving the voicemails. We love listening to them, and we try to put as many of them as we can in the intro of the show. Uh, Joe, got any final thoughts? Final thoughts is I cannot wait until free agency opens up in March to find out what happens with Le'Veon Bell, where we get to figure out if I was right or if Hawk was right about how stupid it was that Le'Veon Bell sat out the entire year. <laughs> if I was right about how stupid. That's not pointed at all. Don't, don't. No, don't. no, that's a fair shout out to <laughs> Shout out to Melvin Ingram. Shout out to Eric Weddle joining us on today's episode. I think that's it, man. Nat, take us out. Joe, Hawk yourself. <laughs>